Hello, photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast. My name is Virginia, and I'm super glad to be here with you today with my amazing guest, with whom the last time we talked about your strategy to develop your own photography business. So we gave you the tips and tricks there, and today we are continuing our conversation talking about handling no's, because there are lots of those in our industry. He's also sharing with us what's the best tip he has ever received about his photography. The other things that we're discussing are also how to use the algorithms in your advantage and how to learn more in terms of connections and know-how. He's also sharing with us how he and his partner got their first gig for Vogue. What are the biggest misconceptions about working with magazines like Vogue? And we're also asking some of the questions that you had for our guest from our Facebook group called the Fashion Photography Podcast. So if you want to stay tuned and know in advance who are our guests and be able to ask them actual questions, go and check out our Facebook group, the Fashion Photography Podcast, and don't hesitate to join it, of course. In this interview, we are also discussing in details the difficulties about shooting in a pool and what do you need to know in order to have the perfect underwater shoot. Before the start of the show, though, I would like to ask you if you love our content and you want to continue listening to our podcast, please leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. It really means the world to us and it's super important for our podcast and our ranking. So thank you in advance for this. And here we go with the podcast. You have to know all the designers. You have to know who's working with whom. And at the same time, you need to complete the idea. And then you have to look for all these people. And most of the time, you're receiving like a big no right in your face. Exactly. Totally true. You know, the thing was like, I really believe that talent is maybe... 15% of aiming success or getting success. Connections is 85% what you need. People that, that like you, people that push you further, people that gives you connection. But I can speak for myself, you know, the biggest publications that we do, it's because of connections. Of course, people give us the connections. And of course, we do it and we make it work because it's still mm -hmm. our job. And we do the, we do it. But yeah, it's, it's not only with talent. I'm, I'm definitely sure about that. 85% uh, is connections and people that helps you. I would even say 90%. <laughs> sure. Really. Absolutely. What's the thing that keeps you going? That's a good question, actually. What is it that keeps us going? To be honest, photography can be really stressful. Photography can be really frustrated because... Like you said, big nose, it gives lots of frustration. Artistic people, they are mostly high sensitive. So it gives you much of anger, frustration, stress, why they don't pick your pictures, why they this, why they... You really start to get in a kind of negative circle, a kind of negative vibe or your self-esteem is smashed into pieces. I'm also wondering what keeps us going. I really believe that the photography where it all started, it is a passion and it is a, a feeling inside that gives you power. I can't explain, but if you're really a photographer, pushing the button and 
seeing the image appear on the screen, it gives you a feeling that you can describe. When you're mm -hmm. creating something, when you are seeing images, it gives you adrenaline. It gives you a kind of feeling inside that you are creating, that you are making something, that you, you are thinking about the things you will achieve, the people will see it, people will give comments on it. Yeah, it gives you a boost. And I think that's the reason why we still go, because it's the passion you feel. Oh, that was so beautiful. <laughs> and so true. Do you think that your partner is actually one of the things that can help you gain this confidence and to keep you going? It is a positive fact that we are with two persons. But, you know, sometimes it's difficult because every photographer knows that it's a struggle. Every photographer knows that it is a hard world. Mm -hmm. We're two sensitive guys. We are both putting each other up with mm -hmm. positive thoughts. And But I have my days. Kenneth has his days. Sometimes we both have our days. It's just the thing to continue and, and keep dreaming. Really important. So I really think that we are definitely supporting each other for sure. Yeah, because it's not the same situation for the people who are on their own. And I believe it's very hard for them. But fortunately, there are places where we can discuss like photographers with each other. And I think this is truly helpful, though it sounds like we're like a club of alcoholics or something. <laughs> no, but it's totally true. But always be careful because lots of the photographers on those websites, they are amateurs or hobby photographers. And they don't understand what it is to be in fashion. They don't understand what it is to be creative. By example, I speak from own experience. Mm -hmm. If you are maybe choosing for pale skin because you like pale, because the story needs to have a pale skin, those kind of photographers, they don't get that. Oh, she looks sick. Oh, she looks so pale. Oh, what is this? Oh, she looks like a zombie. This is not giving you power. You really need to catch up with people that are on the same level, that are on the same style. Mm -hmm. One person ever told me, and believe me, it's true, it's the best tip that I ever got. If you want to aim for the top, you always have to check the best photographers on earth. And if you see every day Stephen Meisel, Tim Walker, X Maeste, if you every day check their work, you are also creating their eye. You are going to see mistakes. You are going to see more details. Your eye is developing because you always check the best work. I completely agree with you because this way you actually can level up a little and your eye is developing. Exactly. If you every day see pictures of Vogue Japan, Ben Hassett, which is also an amazing beauty photographer. True. But if, if you check their work every day, You don't see bad things anymore. And for your own development, it's so important because you create an eye which is on the same level as the best on earth. Absolutely agree with that. And that was like the best tip I ever got. And it helped me so much. I deleted lots of people on my social media. You always need to check the best. I was actually recently invited to host a little lecture for future students that were really interested into art. And that was one of my advices to actually take advantage of all the algorithms on Instagram and stuff and just make sure that you follow only the right people and the people with very, very good eye. Because nowadays, algorithms are really in our favor. 
And the good thing is that if you follow only good, good, good photographers, you're only going to see more and more good photographers. Exactly. exactly. But keep in mind, it's really important besides that, that you have to create your own style. Absolutely. The world doesn't need a second Tim Walker or the world doesn't need a second Stephen Meisel. You just have to be your own, your own identity. But checking the details, having the eye, develop your eyes, checking the best ones. Yeah, you just have to do an experiment. Take it for a week. Check one week the websites of top five photographers in the world. And then after the week, you go back to your social media. And believe me, your eyes will be shocked. That's a great idea for experiment. <laughs> Natalia Tafarel, do you know yeah. her? Well, she was the one that told me that. I have really good connection with her. Once Kenna did her workshop, her beauty workshop, post-production, mm -hmm. I think for 80% she knows how it works. And she gives us lots of comments and, and information that we are using today. So I can recommend because we were talking about photography groups mm -hmm. and everything. She has this network on Facebook. I think it's called Commercial and High-End Post-Production. High-End Commercial and Editorial Post-Production. Exactly. That's, that's the one. This is a good platform. I can only recommend her because she's the one that teach me everything. It developed me a lot. So I can really recommend her and uh, the group as well. You said that you met her through a workshop. Are there other ways that you would like to recommend for gaining more connections? Connections is difficult. Know-how is more easy. Create more know-how is by developing workshops, checking backstage videos from really big shoots that you can see how they use the light. That's what everybody does, I think. Checking, 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 checking. You have some amazing clients in your list, like Vogue, Bazaar, and many others. Do you want to tell us, for example, how it worked for you with Vogue? Vogue, it was like... We got this shoot and we got directly contact with the fashion editor, which was also the stylist for the shoot. It was amazing. We had a click. It worked pretty well. Uh, the concept was, was very much what we wanted. In a way, it is true that you have this, all these brands, all these designers together, which was really helpful. It was amazing. It was cool. It was people working together on the same level. And it is true that it is a kind of a dream set. But To be mm -hmm. honest, it's still difficult. You still have to find a model. You still have to deal with no's from the model agencies. You still have to deal with bad luck. Once for a Vogue shoot, we were all set up in London and a model got canceled. She had to take her flight from New York and she couldn't take the flight because the agent booked her on the wrong name. So we were there sitting in London, all the Vogue team was ready and we have to search in one hour because local time all the agencies were closed we had to search for another model and it was also difficult once this happened other connections come to you and other things also happen it's still hard work even for vogue of course every big client is not as easy as everyone thinks yeah for sure it's it's also a struggle it's also drama what's the thing that makes you really tired from the industry You have to got some good connections and you know me and Kenneth, we are really holding up each other. But besides that, we are now good contacted with the fashion editors of Vogue. We have a really good contact with them, which are also almost friends. Mm -hmm. It is getting a team. But I don't want to put this image from Vogue that it's always good and always a dream because 
we also got lots of stress. It's 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 the same. You want to do this good and even if this name is connected to it like Vogue, you want to do it even better than you normally do. Of course. It is not always that easy. Also, things can go wrong. Like we had with this model, weather conditions are still bad when it has uh, started raining. You need to have like a sunny editorial outside. Some models, they can do Vogue because they just did this kind of magazine. Or some models, they can do this or they can do that. Even Vogue does not have always big budgets because they have to also deal with budgets and everything like everybody has to. It's also always for everybody. It, it can be a struggle too. It's not always this dream that comes true. It's also hard work. But of course, if you are standing on a set with Vogue, with really good people, really nice people to work with, you have all these styling credits, Dior, Alexander McQueen, Chanel, everything with that. Yeah, of course, it's a nice environment, of course. <laughs> Tim Kopsi from our Facebook group, the Fashion Photography Podcast, is asking, any tips on how to gain such prestigious clients? What I told before, good connections, make beautiful work, see work that you work is on a good eyesight, put your Instagram on good point, let people see you, use a print portfolio and not only digital because I hate digital portfolios. <laughs> If you go for a client, the printed magazines wants to see your pictures in print. They don't have much on seeing the pictures on an iPad. They really need to feel the quality on paper, and that really works. Mm -hmm. And connections, work with the right people. Try to get in touch with the right people. Really important. Do you have any advices on that, how to reach those people? Cold calling or maybe going on parties or maybe going on certain events? Make beautiful work and see that the work is qualitative. Try to follow them on Instagram, like them, see that they are checking you or follow you. Make contact, call them for appointments, let show your work like that. I think it's for everybody the same. I love the way you're explaining things because everybody outside of the industry thinks that it's super easy. You just have to shoot and pretty much that's it. But overall, it's a lot of calling, a lot of looking for people, meeting people, and it's kind of tiring, to be honest. Of course, it's also frustrated. Also, with really nice work that you are really happy with. Like afterwards, you can always try to publish it. Even magazines are saying no, no, no. Mm -hmm. It is frustrating and it is lots of work. Sometimes when we see photographers, it looks like that it's also that easy or they're shooting Vogue again, or they're shooting Numero again, or they're shooting W Magazine again. But trust me, everybody has these struggles. Everybody has this. Absolutely agree with that. Also a good tip where we put power out. It's like if you're checking like biographies from um, well-known artists, mm -hmm. by example, Walt Disney. It's just, you know, it sounds really stupid, but Walt Disney had to say he... He's world famous. Everybody knows Walt Disney. But if you see how he started, he almost got bankrupt. He didn't work. Mickey Mouse didn't sell. It didn't work. And then on one day, just one, one person saw him and boof, he was launched and he was world famous. Yeah, sometimes it happens, but you have to hustle a lot before that. Of course, it takes really much of your time and your energy. And in our previous episode, you said that you've talked to business strategists, 
When was the moment you actually realized that you need to talk to a strategist? Have you tried that on your own before that? Well, actually, it was a friend of us and he was sitting on a sunny day on the table and he just told us. Oh, so you've been lucky. <laughs> yeah. How can I help you? And he just gave us some tips. He asked us to write down 10 words, how we would describe Dome van der Velde. And on these 10 words, I was like androgynous, bleached eyebrows, cheekbones, glitter, plastic, water. And if you see those 10 words, actually, it's a bit of your style on words. Actually, it's like your website. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. True. Yeah, that's our style. Definitely. That's what you have to develop. What was the most difficult photo shoot you did light-wise? I think it was the underwater shoot. Mm -hmm. I was going for it. <laughs> Tell me more about it, and then I'm going to ask you my questions. I did lots of shoots in bathtubs, in plastic swimming pools, not underwater, but models in water. I did lots of times, mm -hmm. and it still was my dream to go underwater. So last year in September, we actually did. But it was also our first time. We never had rehearsals. We never had experience doing that. Underwater, you are you have to deal with lots of things. We shot in an outdoor swimming pool. So the daylight was there. The sun was shining. And we were shooting underwater also with lights to light everything up. So you have to manage four kinds of lights. You have to deal with sunlight. You have to deal with normal daylight. You have to deal with your continuous light. And with your camera settings underwater. So I think that this was a really tough combination. What was the biggest takeaway from this shoot? To have patience, to keep on going again. It was an experience and definitely one day we will do it again. But then we have to find something else to overdo this, to make it even more better than it is now. Do you want to give us some details about the technicality of this photo shoot? For example, you said that it was a pool, so I believe you were in it. Cool, yes. I was totally underwater too. Oh, with a case for the camera? Yes, and it was a big drama because I still remember we tried to get this case for Hasselblad, mm -hmm. but they didn't have it because it all have to came down from America and it would cost us like 2,000 euros only for renting it. Mm -hmm. So we had to fix other camera doing tests, the case of the camera that we found. I still remember the moment that we put the box with the camera in underwater, so excited to not see bubbles coming out of it. <laughs> it was a bit of an exciting moment. And for the rest, like yeah, technically, you'd still have to check your settings underwater. It's not really possible to measure your light underwater. It's still a bit like feeling wise thingy that you have to aim for we used two lights above the swimming pool like continuous light that shine in the water mm -hmm. we put it up a big tent above the swimming pool to protect the lights from the rain if it has to rain because it was like outdoor we specially managed the swimming pool that was warmed up it was like 28 till 30 degrees for uh, keeping the model comfortable if you're going to swim you know how you feel like one hour you're mm -hmm totally freezing or cold or you, your skin is totally fraggled or melted by water. We were prepared on everything. We tried to manage everything before that. How big was the pool? It was one meter 80 deep and I think it was five meters 
or six meters on two or three, I think. 180 is deep. I'm like one, almost 60. <laughs> I would be pulling. So do you know how to swim? Is that important for shit like that? Well, actually, it was not easy. I was always under okay. the water and I always went back up. Mm-hmm. Kenneth also did like lots of the, of the pictures on the water because he had the ability to stay underwater. So I was diving behind him with my glass and everything and gave him details and stuff. If you never did this before, I totally can recommend you to have practice. Also for the model, it's really important to stay underwater. That was my next question. Be really flawless underwater. It's really important. So the model has to got experience too. She can't panic because if you're underwater and if you're holding your breath, your body can give you like panic attack thingies. Mm-hmm. So you really have to get a model that that's experienced. Do never do this with a new face because it will not work. Do you have glasses or something to be able to see? Swimming glasses, eh? of course. Sounds like a difficult photo shoot. It was a difficult one, but you know, the power that we had afterwards, it worked out pretty well for us. We were very proud on this photo shoot. It looks amazing. It looks what I wanted. It looked like what I wanted to create. So we're happy. I can definitely tell that it was shot under the water, but it kind of looked like it was shot in the space. I don't know if I can say that, but that's the feeling that I get. That's also what we want to achieve because we did like a big exposition with this kind of pictures. Yeah, my next question. You're so good at this. I should leave yeah. you alone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell me about the exhibit. Well, it was uh, in collaboration with Realis. It's like a really well-known immobilian office, immo mm-hmm. office in uh, Antwerp, Belgium. Also an art collector. Peter is his name and he uh, contacted us to put this exposition together with him. So we did. So it was amazing experience. Again, it was our third ex- or fourth exposition that we did. Mm-hmm. Even people on the exposition asked me, was it really underwater? And I said, yes, it was really <laughs> underwater. But it's also a bit of our color works after, I think, because if you see the pictures unedited, they all look blue. Yeah, that's the common thing when we shoot underwater. Exactly. And we tried to manage to give a natural skin tone. We really worked a lot on color grades this time and for this shooting. So it gives actually also with the combination of the darkness of water and the bubbles, it gives another dimension. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to create. That we don't want this typical flowing dresses underwater editorial model that strikes a ballet pose underwater. We didn't want to achieve this. We really wanted to create another dimension. Tell me about the print for this exhibition. Was it very different now when you were printing something shot under the water? We had a really nice collaboration with Chromalux, the aluminium print uh, company. Mm-hmm. They helped us a lot with deep and contrast. The first print that didn't work out, so they didn't like a second time. But it was not really different compared with our other expositions because uh, we are also ambassador for Chromalux. So all our expositions, they were on Chromalux and it wasn't really different. The most difficult part that we had was in post-production with kind of skin dots or kind of light dots on the skin or reflections that were not beautifully colored or something. I think that was the most difficult. The biggest process was in post-production. So in print, it was not really different between our other expositions or our other prints. 
You're also very active on your social media and especially talking about Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you a question again from Tim Copsey. And the question is, many people suggest it's important to add more images to your Instagram feed, ideally daily. My question is how to balance that against the advice to make the content you add to your feed to be your best work and perhaps themed with exciting work on your feed. In other words, is it more important to keep the content constantly being added, even if the work is not your ultimate best? Well, we don't show everything on our Instagram. We only show our best work on Instagram, especially on the Dome van der Velde page, because that's only our portfolio. We also have two private accounts, which we are posting lots of more accurate thingies. But every step you do, every plane we take, every party we're at, every meeting we have, I post it on Instagram because it's really important that people see that you're busy. It's also your wanted status. If people see that you are busy or that you are doing lots of things, it makes you important. They see actually what you are doing. In one week, last week, we went from Paris. The day after, we went to London. And the day after, we went to Italy. So if people see on your Instagram that you are taking the boat to London, they see that you are taking the car to Paris, and they see that you are taking the plane to Italy, it looks that you are, it is like this, of course, it's not a scenery or play, but Mm -hmm. They see that you are busy and they follow you. And you can even see that the people that watch your feed, that they are following. It's mostly all the same. Depends a bit. When we have a publication out, we post it on the Dome van der Velde page and we post it on the story. On the story, we post that we are on our way, like every day or what we're doing, but only post our best work. And not every day. We only post when we have a, a publication out. You know where to find them now, guys? You know how to be updated on their work and where they're right now, exactly. So go to their Instagram account and follow them both and also their official account. Don't forget that it's, again, linked in the show notes. This was a very exciting conversation and I personally learned a lot. I hope everybody in the audience learned a lot too. Thank you so much for this. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking with you, you know, really nice. These two episodes were super exciting. I hope you learned a lot from them because they are really full of information. If you want to learn more, go check out our brand new website called photographypodcast.net or visit the websites of our gorgeous partners, judefashionmagazine.com and neverlandmag.com. You can find all of our previous podcasts there, but you can also submit your fashion editorials to those two gorgeous magazines. And don't forget to join us next Wednesday when we'll be here with another very exciting guest. I believe it's something you did not expect it from us. So thank you guys for being with me and I'll see you next week. <laughs>